word. <clears throat> Today we will be reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. When you have it, please see, say a mighty amen. amen. Come on, say it again. Amen. 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 And it reads, after these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he left all, rose up and followed him. So he left all, rose up and followed him. Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with him. And their scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick, I have come. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy and divine word. Remain standing and let's pray. Father, with you, thank you this morning. Thank you so much, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. I pray this morning that as, my, as I open my mouth this morning, Lord, that you would anoint my words and that my heart may be purified and sanctified, Father, from anything that will hinder the, flee, the free flowing of your word. I pray that the word of God will be brought this morning, Father God, without interruption, Father God, without uh, any kind of... Uh, uh, taintedness, Lord. I, I pray that your word would be given, Lord, even as you would uh, have it to be given as if you were standing here yourself. Father, I am your conduit. And Lord, we need, Father, desperately to know how and to figure out a way, Lord, to take what you have given us, which is the most precious thing that man could ever get, your son, that you would help us, Lord, to be able to translate that into a very, very dark and dying world. Father God, this is our plea. This is our passion. I thank you for this wonderful people, this incredible people that you've assembled here together, Father, in your name to do great things for you and, Father, to make a difference in the earth. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. 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 You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Amen. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, I am uh, so excited to continue our series, and we have been talking about uh, Contagious is the title of the series, and uh, last week we talked about uh, salt and earth, salt and light, and today I want to talk to you uh, about relational evangelism, relational evangelism, and, and before I really get into the meat of what I want to talk about, and my prayer this morning is that you would get really, really um, excited about this because I was praying to the Holy Spirit this morning. And, and you know, and the thing that I, I pray, and I think every pastor prays that somehow that the his or her words doesn't fall on deaf ears and that the word will bring forth fruit. And, and I really prayed, and, and, and I was probably praying more so for myself, that God would would in fact give me a deep, deep uh, passion and a love for people. 
Uh, I really want that. I, I, I appreciate Sister Shannon, Shannon so much because she stood in the face of difficulty. For some of you, it may not be a real big deal, but for her, it was huge realizing where God is bringing her from. And she's being transformed. And because she's being transformed, people around her are being transformed. And so when we talk about relationships, relational evangelism, I don't know what comes to your mind. Some of you, you may get excited about it. You, if you like relationships, you're like, great, this is right up my alley. For some of you who are somewhat uh, recluse and you don't deal with people too well, this may be somewhat of a struggle for you. But what I want you to understand is that God expects, everybody say expects, all of us to relate to people. Now, that relation may be very, it may vary from person to person, but God has called all of us to be relational. And let me give you a, a couple of stats that probably will maybe inspire you in a very fresh way. Uh, a research poll done by an evangelist named Luis Palau, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he is a very, very powerful evangelist known throughout the world and throughout our country. Uh, and uh, he did a poll, his organization did a poll and found that 75% of people who come to Christ do so by someone that they know. 75%. How many of you would say that's a big number? Let's take it a step further. The Institute of the American Church Growth reports this. 90% um, comes to Christ by a co-worker, a friend, or somebody that is invested into them relationally. So what that tells me is that relationships are extremely important as it relates to people coming to Christ. In fact, I would, I would venture out to say that most of you, if not all of you, are here today and you are walking with the Lord because somebody spent the time to talk with you. Somebody invested into your life. Somebody you knew that had a relationship with God did something to bring you in. And so when we talk about uh, relationships and we talk about uh, uh, this whole idea of winning the loss, I want you to think for a second with me uh, as it relates to uh, sharing your faith with a stranger. How many of you love, and I want you to be honest, how many of you love sharing your faith with a stranger? How many of you are absolutely so very, very comfortable sharing your faith with a stranger? There are some, but most of you know. Most of you, you're like, I mean, on a Saturday morning, I mean, really, you know, think about where you were before you really came to Christ. Somebody come knocking on your door, and they want to tell you about how to come into God's organization. And, and they want to talk to you about some deep spiritual issues. I mean, those spiritual issues can be sometimes complicated. They're very private. They're very personal. And most people, the thought is, I don't want to talk to you about that. I don't even know who you are. And so a lot of people, they shut the door. They, they don't want to have that conversation. Uh, and as we are becoming more and more secularized as a society, I want, you to, I want you to hear that. As we're becoming more and more secularized as a society, what we are discovering is that more and more people are not all that interested in, in hearing about faith or religious matter or very, very personal, deep issues, you know, particularly from people they don't know. All right? 
So if you're uncomfortable sharing your faith with complete strangers, how uncomfortable do you think they are that you're trying to share with them? So, so in this message, what I want to do is, I know you may be thinking to yourself, well, okay, now, Pastor, you're about to add something else to my schedule. I'm already busy, right? I'm trying to work every week. I got kids to take to the soccer game. I got babies that are keeping me up all night. I got a full-time job. I got all of these, somebody say amen. I got all of these things. I've, how in the world, I, Pastor, now you want to add to my plate that I need to build some relationship with people? When am I going to find time to do that? I got good news for you. We're going to give you some tools today. This is a very, very practical message. Let me, let, me, let me say this. If you really love God, I mean, if you really love God, and you really are interested in seeing lost people come to faith in Christ, you will listen very carefully to this message this morning. Very carefully. This is a message that will help all of us to become much more effective as it relates to our sharing our faith. Um, and as we go through this, what you're going to discover is that we're not going to add anything to your schedule at all. How do you like that? That's a, that's a good deal, Pastor. We're not going to add anything to your schedule. You don't have, listen, we're not going to ask you to pile on more because I know you live in Northern Virginia and you're already busy enough. And so we're going to give you some tools that will help us to become more, much more effective and our uh, bid to win the loss to Christ. In fact, I've become more and more skeptical as I think about this whole process because uh, some of us would like to win, Christ, win people to Christ from afar. You know what I mean when I say from afar? You know, we get the bumper stickers on the car. Jesus reigns, you know, foundation church, you know. Uh, you see the football banners, you know, at the baseball games. John 3.16, that's my witness right there. And I'm not knocking those things. Perhaps they have a place. But I just have not met too many people that shared a testimony, stood here and said, I came to Christ because when I was watching a football game, I saw a banner that said John 3.16. Very few people have I met that said to me, I came to Christ because when I was riding down the road, I saw somebody bumper sticker that said Foundation Church. Or, or some fancy slogan that says, building a strong foundation in Jesus Christ. Most people I know that come to Christ, somebody poured into them. They had a relationship. They had conversation. They had a knowledge of them. And I want you to catch this because it's not that difficult. But Look at your neighbor and say this. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to engage. Don't be intimidated by that. You got to engage. Because I mean, Satan is busy and he's working overtime and our world is not as open to the things of the gospel of Christ. Now, We've got to deal with a couple of spiritual barriers that, as it relates to relationships. Now, I want you to stay with me in this because there are some spiritual barriers. When I grew up, I grew up in Pentecostal environment mostly. And when we got saved, there was a thing uh, within Pentecostal churches and uh, probably a lot of other, not just Pentecostals, but in general, that when you got saved, you don't, you don't, you don't really hang out or you don't really associate much with people who don't know the Lord. 
How many know what I'm talking about? Come on, be honest. How many know what I'm talking about? If you say sanctify, filled with the Holy Ghost, you ain't got no business going no place where there are a bunch of sinners at. I used to pride myself going to family reunions. I used to pride myself that I would go there with my holy self while everybody else was singing and having a good time and talking, and I'd be over in a corner with my Bible mad at them. Like, look at them bunch of sinners. Every one of them going to burn. And I would sit there in my pious attitude thinking that I'm spiritual, thinking that I am so much better than them. Really? And so, but that did not come without some, you know, I came there because somebody, uh, there was some theology that was being preached that they used the Bible. People, how many know the people used the Bible wrong? You can use the Bible in a way, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you some stuff today that's going to buckle you. You can be like, oh, my goodness. But people would take the word of God and take scriptures out of context to try to make themselves appear better than what they really are because all of us have been transformed. If we have been transformed, nobody can brag or boast about it, right? It's Jesus. And all I want to do is make sure that somebody else get Jesus. And, and if I'm going to be salt in the earth, i got to rub up on somebody, so that means I got to rub up on some unsanctified folk. Oh, y'all see, some of you are going to get a little nervous, but that's okay. I'm going to shatter some stuff. But, but watch me. But here's the thing. How many of you want your faith to matter? You're not a good Christian if you just know the book and you ain't sharing it. I don't care what you say. We are not a good Christian. If the whole reason why we're here is to build relationship, meet people, influence people for the sake of Christ. If we don't do that, how do we know this is all just a farce? Jesus didn't leave us here just to hang out and meet every Sunday morning in our holy huddle, I like to say. Our holy huddle, let's huddle over everybody. And come up with no plan and just to sit here and just wait till Jesus come back. That devil is a liar. We ain't going to wait to wait for it. He said, work until I come. Occupy till I come back. He said, get busy. People are dying around you. How are you going to get them? See, this is our evangelistic season because we have Mayfest and all of that, you know. And man, this is, this is awesome because we can, all we got to do is get people there. We just need to get some folk there so we can rub up on them. Because I know that y'all are just so excited about Mayfest. I know you're so excited. You just can't wait to see all them other people. May 18th, right? Everybody, look, I'm your pastor. I'm your pastor. Listen to me. You off on May 18th. You ain't got nothing else to do but come to Mayfest. (laughs) And I'm going to pray that if you got something else to do, that the Lord just do something to you. I'm I'm deep this morning. May 18th, you ain't got nothing to do because we intend on filling that parking lot up with people. It's not about programs and process. It's about people. And if we miss the fact that it's about people, how do we know we're just playing games? It's about people, people. That's why we're doing what we're doing. It's just not about ministry doing stuff and putting together microphones. Is it high? Is it low? It's about people. Reaching people. 
You got to get excited about that. That's why Mayfest is, we got a couple of different events. It's going to be exciting, and you get to bring your friends. Isn't that exciting? You get to bring your family. And look, look nobody going to stand out in the parking lot and preach to them. We're going to be there, and we're going to love them with the love of God. And they're going to say, look, I, I don't know who those people are, but I want to be with them because they're some nice people. They're some loving people. And God is going to open up the door and something's going to change. Amen. Right. So how many know something is in the air? Amen. I believe this. So let's, live with, let's deal with a couple of verses. We've got to move real quick. Deal with a couple of verses. I want to first knock out some of the bad thinking or some of the bad theology that we've had to build in bridges. Now, I, I have to do this because some of you would kind of grew up in environments and you took scriptures that say, like, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. You take scriptures like where it says, be holy to me that I completely separate myself from people because I'm holy. See? Oh, I separate myself because their spirits might jump on me. I get so tired of people talking. What spirit going to jump? You, if you, do you want the spirit to jump upon you? Unless I heard greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Why am I worried about a spirit? Right. I ain't caring about no spirit, brother. I walk up in the place. I can care less. I got the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's all the spirit I need. I ain't worried about spirit. I just need to stay with the spirit. I'm good. Everything else will take care of itself. I am full. Because how many know it's power in the name of Jesus? It's power in the Holy Ghost. So I just need to just worry about it. Listen, listen, when I walk in the places sanctified, I can, how many know you can walk in some dark places and be filled with the Holy Ghost and you can cause the DJ to shut the music down? Yeah, shut it down. <laughs> because you, because there's something about your life that shouts. And you don't have to be all religious. You don't have to be all judgmental. Like the Pharisees. You know, the Pharisees were judgmental. Why are you doing that? We'll talk about that in a minute. I don't want to go ahead of myself. But James chapter 4. Look at James chapter 4 real quick with me. With me. Turn there real quick. I'm going to have to go fast because I've already taken up too much time. James chapter number 4 because I want to get to the party. How many of you want to have a party? We're going to have a party today. We, I'm taking y'all to a party today. Y'all, listen, come on. Y'all was in the world when we said party. I said, we're going to party. Where the club at? Where the club at? Come on, now all of a sudden we're, you know. Christians ain't supposed to go to parties. I said, I'm taking you to a party. Christians can party. Where the party at? Party? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Y'all know y'all be up in there, the roof is on. No, let me stop. Okay. All right. So, oh, wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. Hold up. Wait a minute. I had a flashback. Hold on. Wait a minute. Okay, here we go. James chapter number four. Yeah. <laughs> stop. All right. James chapter four. Here, watch, watch this. In James chapter four, verse four, adulteresses, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world, watch this, is enmity with God? Amen. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, what, what, what the sanctified folk, 
would do with that verse is to say, oh, well, that means that, 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 that you know, uh, that, that I can't be a friend uh, of nobody, not just the world, but nobody that has anything to do with it that's not a Christian. And you got to understand the context. James wasn't talking about people, people. He was talking about the world system. See, how many of you have a Christian worldview? A Christian worldview simply means that I get my cues, right? That I get my understanding and the way I live, the Bible determines how I make decisions in life. Watch this. Not the polls, amen? Not the Democrat or Republican, amen? Not your political. A Christian worldview means that I base my decision making on what this book says. And so when the Bible talks about, he says, he says, we, we talks about being a friendship with the world. He's talking about the ideology of the world. He's talking about the mindset of the world. How many know that this world system is against God? Amen. I mean, it is against God. I mean, if, if you look at it, the world got its own way of doing things. How many know the church ought to have its own way of doing things too? We have a Christian world view. And so people have taken that verse to suggest that God was really saying, don't have anything to do with them people in the world. No, no, no. He's talking about a mindset, a world system, not people. You notice, not people. Now let's look at another verse. Uh, look at John chapter 17, verses 14 through 18. Come on, run over there with me. John chapter 17. We're go, we almost at the party. Y'all going to stay for the party? Amen. All right, stay for the party. Now, could a party about to happen. Amen. John chapter 17, verses 14 to 18. Some of you ain't been to a party since you got saved. You'll know what that means later on. It'll, it'll catch up with you. It's going to catch you. <laughs> Trust me. I'm coming at you this morning. I'm coming right in your backyard in a good way. Hallelujah. Jesus said this. Watch this. I've given them your word. And the world, watch this has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So people have taken that to me. Oh, you know, I'm not of the world. That means, you know what, I'm just to be like the Amish. <laughs> Y'all know who the Amish are? I'm going to build my little camp. By the way, that's how a lot of cults get started. You know that, don't you? They, you know, you know Jim Jones. He, how many remember Jim Jones? He killed all the people. He took them to Ghana. And they had their own little community, and they were, like, separate from everything and everybody. How many know that that ain't biblical? In fact, when Jesus, when it, when it, I can't go there because for time, but in, and I believe it's in Jeremiah, when the children of Israel were taken captive, God told them while they were in Babylon, he said, build your houses, raise your kids, go to work, and just and, and have children there and enjoy your life because you're going to be there for about 70 years. You're going to be there for a while. God expects us to integrate. Look at the name say integrate. integrate. This whole thing, well, you know what? I'm over here and you over here and, and you know what? And, you know, and, and, you know, I'm a Christian. So, so no, we're just going to separate and we're going to have nothing to do with you because you don't, you don't know God. Come on, somebody. How many know you were once there? I said you were once there. Aren't you glad somebody shared the love of God? Ain't you glad somebody even came in some dark places to get you? Aren't you glad your mama, your grandmother, your somebody prayed for you? <laughs> it's not an accident. Somebody prayed. But watch what Jesus says, continuation. He says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Well, Lord, if the world is so bad, Jesus, why don't you just take me out? Jesus said, I don't pray that you take them out. No, I mean, no, Jesus intends for you to stay. 
Why does he want you to stay? Come on, church. Talk back to me. Why do you think he wants you to stay? He said, I pray that you don't take them out of the world. I want you. He said, they're not of the world, but don't take them out. In other words, Jesus was telling us that I want you not to be a part of the world in the sense of their ideology and their theology, for lack of better words. I mean, the world got a theology. It's wrong. It's bad. A lot of it. But Jesus was not clearly not saying that we're to separate. He said, no, that I pray that you just keep them from the evil one. I pray that the evil one don't influence them and gain an advantage over them because you're expected to engage. You're expected to go into some places. You're expected to have a party. You're expected to rub shoulders. You're expected to reach people. How many know it's not always pretty? How many know that people are not always in the nice, polished places? See, y'all gonna, are y'all hearing me this morning? How many of you want to reach people? I mean, come on, somebody. I see how some of y'all look now. You get certain people coming to church, I see how you look at them. How many you know God got people to look all kind of ways? <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. God got people. I'm telling you. If, you, if you're all about, if you, if you got in your mind what you think your little church ought to be like, boom, God going to blow it up. <laughs> I, told, I told one of my preacher friends yesterday, I was at my, my uncle who had 50 years, celebrating 50 years of marriage. I said, I can't miss that. 50 years. 50 years, and they still love each other. He sung to her at the altar. I was like, Jesus. 50 years. 50 years. They were looking good. It was good. It was, it was good, wasn't it? And, uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> so I, I told, I, I so I told him, I said, man, I, said, I say this all the time, but I, I think sometimes people don't hear me. I said, I don't want to do church no more. See, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of Christians looking for church. They're not looking to be alive. They're looking for church. They're looking to get their praise on. They're looking for little, little, they want to do church. I want to, listen, I don't have a problem with getting your praise on. I love singing. I love dancing. I think there's a place for all of that. But, you know, at the end of the day, whose lives being transformed? Who is being changed? Who is being more of an evangelist? Who is turning cities upside down? How do you know that's what we're talking about? Big stuff. So, so Jesus there was not talking about, surely he was not talking about that he wanted us not to be associating with other people. He said, look, I just want, he just prayed that the Father protect us from the evil one. Then one other verse I want to show. Look at this uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and then after that, we're going to a party. 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. Now, if y'all want to go to the party, y'all got to get a little bit more excited. I'm sorry. Because you can't go to a party like this. Come on. Smile. Say amen. Say something. 1 Corinthians. Uh, Actually, 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter number Chapter number six. I think I may have gave you guys the wrong verse. I think I requested the wrong verse for the media department. Second Corinthians chapter six. Uh, see, pastor, right here, here's the word of God says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Look at that. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. 
believers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? Now, 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 here's what a lot of people will use. They use that verse. Now, clearly, if you look at that verse in context, that verse is clearly talking about more formal alliances. Not that we should not talk with people, be around people who are not like us. He's talking about participating and fellowshipping in works of darkness. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There's a difference. You can be there but not fellowshipping with the wrong. You follow what I'm saying? You're not doing the wrong. You're not promoting the wrong. Amen? Amen. So these are verses that people use to try to say that we're not supposed to be uh, hanging around or being around sinful people. But let's look at Luke chapter 5, which is our foundational text. Now we're ready to go to the party. Everybody ready to go to the party? All right. Say party. party. All right, here we go. Matthew chapter number five. Luke. Because I'm talking about Matthew, so Luke. Y'all know Levi was Matthew. Matthew was Levi. Did y'all know that? Levi's, go study your Bible. Levi and Matthew, the same people. One is a Hebrew name and then the other is a Greek name, but they're the same. So after these things, we're in uh, Luke 5, 27, our foundational text. After these things... He went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So Levi, he's now has become a Christian, all right? So he left all. Everybody say all. all. How many know when you leave all, you're pretty serious? <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? If you got saved, you left all. You should have. You see what I'm saying? He left all. And rose up and he followed him. Now let's stop there for a second. So Levi, he's a believer, he's a Christian. He obviously has been impacted by Jesus, right? How do we know he got impacted by Jesus? Well, he forsook everything. He left everything and he went to follow him. But now, Levi now, who was a tax collector. Everybody know what a tax collector was? Uh, tax collectors were hated back in those days because they were like, they were still from the poor. They were, a lot of them was crooks. They were shysters. And so nobody liked tax collectors. They were some of the worst people, you know, that you could think of at that time. They, were, they just did not have a good reputation. So, you know, they're not a bunch of people you want to be hanging around with unless you like them. At least that was the conventional thinking then. Well, so Matthew got this dilemma. <laughs> you know, I got all these friends, my buddies, my boys, my, my dudes. What do they call y'all call guys? What do you call them today? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, what do you call them? Your, your boy, your dog. I don't like that term, dog. But uh, homie, come on, y'all, y'all. I got, I got my dude, my, my boy, my, my man. I, I got all these friends. I got all these buddies. I mean, I got, man, I got all these friends. But, but you know, I just got impacted by the Lord. See, see, I just got impacted. But what do I do with my buddies? Because, you know, I got some new friends now. I got Brother Jacobs now. I got Sister Yolanda now. I got Brother Steve now. I got Brother Sean. See, I got all these. These are my Christian people. I got them now. But over on the other side is all my homies. These are all my boys. This is what, this is what I ran with. This We did all of our dirt. I, you know, we did all of our stuff with my boys. I, I don't want to just leave my boys like that. Uh, the girls, what do y'all say? 
I want to leave my girl. Well, I don't know, but y'all don't say anything. Y'all just say whatever. Whatever. <laughs> okay? I don't want to. I don't want to. So what is Levi going to do? Levi, brother, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not a seminarian. I haven't went to Bible school. I can't really stand and articulate the book. And, and really, are my high-flying, car-carrying sinners want to just come to hear a preacher preach on a hillside? You really? Uh, am I going to just get them and just kind of, are they going to just come and listen to some f- profound philosophical, are they, are they really going to come? I mean, a lot of times they don't want to come like that. So what does Levi to do? I'm being changed. I'm going a different direction, but I don't want to just leave my buddies. I don't want to know that I'm going to heaven because I love these people. These are people that I grew up with. These are people I party with. So with Levi, Levi came up with a great idea. You know what he said? Let's get it burst. Let's go. Y'all ready to go to the party? All right. Then Levi said. <laughs> then Levi gave him a what? A great feast. Where at? <laughs> so how do we know feast is really a word for parte? All right? A great feast. Now, it was just a couple people show up there, right? Is that what it says in verse 29? And there were what? A great number. I mean, this wasn't just a party. This was a big party. He said a great number (laughs) of tax collectors. That's the people we just finished talking about. Watch this. And others sat down with him. So now Levi got this big party, invited Jesus. And so he he does something that no no sanctified Christian uh, would ever do. See, I have a Christian party. I invite my, my, my brothers and my sisters in the Lord. We have a Christian party. It's the brothers and sisters in the Lord. But Levi throws a party to bring his Christian friends over here, and he brings in all of his buddies, his sinful buddies, and he brings them all together, and he says, y'all, we're going to do this thing together. Now, now, let me ask you a question. How many of you would be running to that party? Now, some of you be just like the Pharisees. What? No, 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 no. I ain't going over there. I've been changed. I've been set free. I ain't going over here. Levi said, Levi said, no, no. I'm gonna do, how many of you have ever thrown a party and, and you, you bring all your, your Christian friends and also you, you bring all your unbelieving friends and put them all together? What do you think might happen? See, how many know that every time that you have an opportunity to be around other people, especially around, if you're a Christian being around uh, people who don't know the Lord, you increase your chances now of having that light influence them. Because Levi's position was what? I ain't going to sit by and just let them go. Levi's position was, no, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a, I mean, no, that was genius. That was a genius thing he did. How many know that was unconventional? How many know that was outside the box? I'm going to bring them all together. God may be calling some of you to have a party and bring some of you would never think to have a party and mix up unbelievers with it. But I'm here to tell you that it's okay with the Lord. And all of them came. And you know what? And, and I don't believe that they came there. And I don't believe that Jesus walked in like this. Going to hell. 
can't see Jesus doing that. And and, And I know he didn't act that way. How do I know? Because some church folk got mad. How do you know church folk always get mad anytime you try to win somebody? When you get serious about evangelism, you're going to upset most church people. Watch. I'm talking about do you, if you're going to get serious about evangelism, you're going to upset some church people. Because watch this. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. He says now, and their scribes. See, I like to say scribes and Pharisees. Just, just under, just, you know, if you, got, if you can write, write church people. That's the way I did. That's the way I look at that. The scribes and the Pharisees. They complained against the disciples. Watch this. Not because the disciples were sinning. Not because they were smoking crack. Not because they were drunk. Not because they were committing adultery or fornicating. No, no, we, we, no complaint for that. What are they complaining about? Watch. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? That's what they were upset about. Why, Jesus? I mean, really? Because I can imagine for them to say that, Jesus must have been having a good time. See, Jesus, I bet you that Jesus was sitting there and he was, he, listen, I bet he was laughing, he was sharing with them, and he wasn't all stuck up. I imagine that Jesus, because how many know the sinners don't want to be around people like that? When people have a party, they want to have a good time. Jesus walking in, Jesus, I'm going to life of the party. I don't know how he did it, but, I, but listen, they listened to him. And people start gathering around, and they won't quick to hit the doors either. Well, I know what, what pastor, that's just because he was anointed in the Son of God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How, listen, how many know that you're anointed? And all I know is that when Jesus went into places, the sinners, the attacked, they liked to be around him. And how many know he wasn't a sinner? I said, how many know that Jesus wasn't a sinner? He was holy. He is holy. He is set apart. He's sanctified, anointed, and yes, he ate with sinners. So what do you, who do you eat with? Who are you inviting to your house? Who would you, if, why, if, if Brother Jeff threw a party and he said, look, I'm inviting my Christian friends, and he brought in some of the, some of his, his boys from Detroit. <laughs> you know Detroit, man, they got some stuff. You know Detroit, you can find some stuff in Detroit. He said, look, I'm bringing some of my boys, we're going to all have, a, how many of you all be like, I'm coming? I'm, a, a lot of you be like, you, you get word that he's bringing over some of his little gang members? Then you be like, oh, I ain't going in there. Oh, 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 no, 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 I ain't going to get shot. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. <laughs> you know, we use the verses, right? We do anything to get out of it. But how are you going to be salt if you never rub up against anything? How many know if you're salt and you're just on the table until you get the salt and start shaking it on something, you ain't nothing. You're not making an impact. You know what I mean? I didn't mean you're not nothing. I mean, you're not making an impact. You're not doing anything until the salt starts to grab up on some meat, some people. So Matthew was unconventional. Matthew says, I'm going to have a party. I'm going to invite everybody. Why? Because you know what? If I can get some Christian folks with some dark folks, then, you know, then maybe God will move. But if we never get to that point, if your whole thing is all your circle of friends are only Christians, I know some people like that. 
And boy, they brag about that. All my circle of friends, they know the Lord. The Lord gave me some new friends. And the Lord did give you new friends. And there's a season that all of us may have to sanctify ourselves because we know where we are. But that ain't the norm. You are expected to reach them, people. You're expected to have parties. You're expected to get the, okay, let me, let me stop, let me stop here. Let me, let me give you a couple things and we're done. Watch this, this is, this is watch this. This is a couple practical things, this will help you, okay? And, and, and Bill Hybels in his book, in his book uh, Contagious Christianity, he said this. He, he gave three practical ways to reach out to three groups of people, right? So you can write this down. Here's the first group, people that you know, people that you know. The most effective way to evangelize is people you know. How many of you got neighbors you know? You got neighbors you know. How many of you got people you know that don't go to church? People you know that are not Christian. So watch this. So maybe, maybe God may be leading you. Maybe, maybe you can throw a little party at your house. You know, just have a little party at your house and invite some of your ungodly neighbors have a holiday party and say, look, look just, just say, look, don't, look, you ain't trying to have a Bible study. Just say, look, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to send out a little flyer and, and look, I want y'all to just come to my house. We're just going to have a nice little party for the kids. How many got kids? Neighborhoods full of kids. What are you doing to reach those families? Well, I just, I just figured if somebody ride by and they'll see the sign up on the fence and then hopefully they'll come. But that's been doing us real good, haven't they? It is, right? It's a, it's a great sign. <laughs> right? So watch this. Um, invite, watch this. Uh, golfing, how many of you like to golf? Brother Jacobs. I hate to call you out, brother. You like to golf. Well, you know what? I, I, golfing is great because, you know what, maybe instead of just saying, you know, I'm going to go golfing with pastor, go golf with pastor, but then bring your, your heathen friend too because he liked to golf. And you go, how you know when you go golfing? Man, they always hook you up with people that you don't know. And it's amazing, man. But, it's, but when we golf, it's like, man, we knew each other. We're like from another world. Like we always knew each other. People talk. See, these are opportunities. See, watch this. Things you already do. How many of you eat every day? Amen. Invite one of your neighbors to eat with you. Invite them. Say, look, you know they don't know. Invite them. Say, look, I'm having dinner and was wondering, could you want to come over and bring this? How many know they ain't adding nothing to your schedule? You just have to, most of us eat enough anyway, we have leftovers, so it ain't gonna hurt us to give up a little bit. Come on, somebody. I know it ain't gonna help Pastor. <laughs> I know it'll help, actually, will help Pastor to give up some. Hallelujah. We make, I eat too much as it is. But watch this, watch it. How many like, how many like sports? Games. All right? We have a Super Bowl party. And look, I'm gonna invite Matthew, Steve over. Uh, I'm going I'm to invite Sean over. I'm going to invite all my buddies. But then you know what? I'm also going to invite some of them other people too. And we're going to watch the game together. How do you, how you know now? I'm increasing the likelihood of them being influenced by me. Because at least they're in the area. You follow me? Now, I didn't add anything to my schedule because guess what? Pastor's going to watch a game. And pastor's going to golf too. <laughs> and pastor's going to exercise. How many like to exercise? Hey, hey, you know what? I'm going to meet me in the gym. Let's lift some weights together. These are, your, these are people you know. Let's go work out together. Zumba. Come on. You know, I, I can't tell how many people I meet 
just by working out. We talk about stuff, and all of a sudden, one day, I'm in the gym talking to people. My wife tell you, I'll be, I go to the gym to work out. Next thing I know, I'm in a corner, and I got something. We're talking for 30 minutes about a tragic situation in their life. Everyday stuff. Baby, how, many got, how many got kids? You need babysitters. Hey, look, why don't you just get to know some of your neighbors that got kids, and y'all swap babysitting each other's kids? Well, but I don't know. Get to know them. That's what you're doing. You don't know them teachers at the school, but you see your kids there every day. You hope. Come on, somebody. You can be discerning. Find you some neighbor. Look, there's some good babysitters right there in your neighborhood. They may not be know the Lord. And I'm not saying you should be reckless about it. But what I'm saying is there are people out there that, I, that, that are, they won't hurt your kids. I'm just giving you some practical everyday examples. The second one is people you know. Oh, I'm sorry, people you used to know. Man, how many of you like Facebook? Yeah, yeah, Facebook. You know, the only reason why I got in Facebook is because I wanted to reconnect with people I used to know because I wanted them to know what God did in me. Let me tell you something, and it's amazing. You ever try to do that? You ever, like, met, knew somebody from years past, and you sit down and try to talk to them? You know how easy that conversation flows? Because they're interested. What's been happening to you for the past 20 years? What you, oh, yeah, let me tell you something happened to me. Oh, let me tell you, you know, about, man, about five, six years ago, about 10 years ago, man, I, I just went through this terrible time, like, you know, and I just I gave my life to the Lord. You know, I've been really walking with the Lord. And how many know when people, you're in, how many of you are interested to hear what's been happening to people you haven't seen in 20 years? I mean, that's an easy way to evangelize. And I got some people say, well, I, I ain't going to use Facebook. Okay, don't use Facebook. What are you going to use? Twitter? What are you going to use? Well, come up with something. Use it. Hey, I mean, it's a platform. People that you used to know. And one of the easiest ways to evangelize is, is to talk to people you used to know because they want to hear what's been happening with you. And you will notice that conversation will flow so easily. And lastly, people you like to know. So we got three. People you know, people you used to know, and people you like to know. See, these are, these are places that you frequent every day. How many go get gas at the same gas station every day? How many shop at the same grocery store? For the most part, you, you know, come on. You shop at the same grocery store. How many go to the same mall, same store, same this, same that? They had a great opportunities. These are people, you, it would be amazing that, that you know, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, I was looking at, uh, you ever notice when you go to the grocery store that a lot of the people behind the counter, they have their first name. They have their name on it. I mean, that might be a clue. They want you to say their name. And get to know people. Afraid. Look, you go shopping all the time. You go there. Hey, John, how you doing? So, how you doing? Well, how, how's, how's everything going? How's the kids doing? It would be amazing that you just start talking. Most of us, you go shop. We just want to get my food and get out. I ain't trying to talk to nobody. Look, I, I know there's some times when we are rushing. But how many know we ain't rushing all the time? But it's everyday stuff. You go to, I go to the same gas station. So you know what? Every now and then, it might be a good idea, instead of just pumping it, doing a pay by pump, maybe a good idea to run inside a store every now and then and talk to some people. Get to know them. You never know what God might do. Now, now, listen, now listen to me. I'm done. But listen to me. What I just said today, I mean, no, I didn't add anything to your schedule. Nothing. We talked about stuff that you already do. But now you just got to channel it with purpose. Everybody say purpose. So, so if you ain't been doing some of this stuff, say, now, Lord, okay, Lord, then now you, you go in your neighborhood now, you think a whole different way. You think a whole different way when you go inside the grocery store. You look at Facebook and Twitter a whole different way. 
because this is an opportunity for me to share about what God is doing in my life. And, and, and my prayer is that you guys, that you build these relationships. Build these relationships with people. Get to know these people. It's easy. It's really not that complicated. And watch what God will do. Amen? Amen. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you. I thank you so much for your word this morning. And, and God, we, we are continuing to pray, Lord, that you would just in, give us that passion, give us that love, God. Give us whatever we need. And Lord, there's so many opportunities. Lord, we, we just realize, even through Levi, Lord, uh, Matthew, his, the way he gave a party, Lord, the Lord God, that we just realize some strategic, very easy and relevant ways that we can get together with those who don't know you for the purpose of winning them to you, Lord. I pray that everybody in this church, Lord, that everybody will be awakened in their spirit and become impassioned about this. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, because I know and I know that the opportunities are around us. And I, and I hear you saying that, Lord, the opportunities are there. When Jesus said that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, this is what he was talking about. The harvest is there, but he just want the laborers to think like a laborer and to begin to use some strategic wisdom in order to meet friends, make disciples, and change the world for Jesus. We can do that today. If you, if you believe that this morning, just stretch your hands. If you're just asking the Lord just to anoint you afresh, Lord, I'm praying, I'm praying, Lord, that the hands that are raised this morning, that, God, you will open all of our eyes, open their eyes to see the opportunity around them in Jesus' name. And if you're listening this morning you don't know Jesus, make him your Lord and Savior today. For nothing else is more important than that decision that you can make for Christ. If you don't know him, this is why we're here. This is why the earth has not been blown over yet. This is why things have not been destroyed yet. And it's coming. It hasn't been destroyed because God is not willing that any perish, but that all come to a knowledge of the truth. And if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity. Please make him your Lord today. He loves you with incredible love, incredible grace. You say, Pastor, I haven't, I haven't made my decision to follow Christ yet. I'm still on the fence. I'm still... I'm not there yet. If, you, if, if that's you, just slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. I just want to love you. Hallelujah. That one hand, I see it. Is there another one? Who said, I just want to make a decision for Christ today. Is there another one? Hallelujah. Is there another one? I just want to make that decision. I want to go all the way today with Jesus. I'm ready. He died for you. Is there one more? Is there one more? I just feel like there's one more. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to ask you, sister, to come on up. The one to raise your hand, just step up, come on up here. Come on, give her a hand as she comes. Hallelujah. Hey, Amen. God bless you. <laughs> hallelujah. Come on, church. God is awesome. And as I like to say, you can't run from love too long. We've been praying. My brother over here has been praying. Because we love you. We are ecstatic. 
what God is going to do in your life. And I can't tell you the joy. When I saw your hand, y'all can hear the excitement in my voice. It's like, and I, I couldn't contain it. I just lost my pastoral bearings because, because we love you that much. So by coming up here today, what you're saying today is that you're wanting to make a decision today to follow Jesus and make him the Lord of your life. And in doing that, you give over your whole life and then you begin to pursue him and follow him. And in so doing, he'll give you a new life. He'll give you a new hope. And you're his daughter forever. You'll never have to worry about going to hell. You'll never have to worry about being condemned. Today is your day. You'll never look back. You'll never look back. But you're going to be made whole in your spirit. And you're going to see things so much differently. You're going to see things you've never seen before. Because we're going to pray and the Holy Spirit's going to touch you. Just like he's touching you now. He's going to continue to touch you. He's going to continue. And, and I want you to know that these people over here, they got your back. They're going to be right there with you. We're going to help you. We're going to support you. We're going to cry with you. We're going to pray with you. We're going to do this thing together. Amen. So look, just, just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your son. Thank you for dying for me. On this day, I make a decision to make you the Lord of my life. Sanctify me. Use me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Make me your own. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. You are my Lord. You are my King. And I will serve you forever. Thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I get you? Hallelujah. Oh, you can't. Can you? Amen. I want you to, Kendall, I want you to go with them and they're going to pray with you a little bit more. Amen. And I encourage you a little bit. This is a great day. This is a great day. You have made my day. You have made my day. Come on, give God another praise for that. Amen. Amen. Come on up, guys. Just follow, follow them and they'll, they'll pray with you some more. Amen. Come on, guys. Amen. 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 How you like that? God is working, isn't he? He hears the prayers of the righteous. You got to keep walking with him, church. You never know what God is doing. And the Bible says that heaven is rejoicing. She's made a public confession. God was already working in her heart. I could see that. I was sitting up here preaching. I could tell God was already working in her. And then the day she stepped up to make it known, this is a good day. Amen. This is a good day. Come on, give God another praise clap. Amen. Now, what, what we're going to do, we're going to have Brother Jacobs uh, to come, and he's going to close us. But then uh, right after he closed us, uh, Sister April want to take a couple minutes for those who can. And she just wanted to uh, solicit a little bit of help for our Mayfest. So if a couple of you guys can stay back, if all of you can stay back for a few moments, that would be great. And so, Brother Jacobs, come on up and give us uh, close us on out, brother.
Jesus, we worship you. 